nation's capital. Here is tonight's Nations Report. And coming up in this evening's Nation Report, locally, government revenues soar despite pandemic. Regionally, Dr. Fauci urges Bahamians to vaccinate their children. Internationally, Obama tells young people to stay angry on climate fight. And in sports, Trinidad and Tobago Olympic Committee says FIFA and CAS fail duty of care to TTFA. These are just some of the headlines coming up for today, the ninth day of November 2021. With the details, I'm Damien Wilson. Now, here is tonight's news. On Monday, Deputy Premier and Minister of Finance, Honorable Erwin J. Sanders, hosted a national press conference where he updated the country on the government's current fiscal standing following the recent passing of the supplementary budget in the House of Assembly. According to the Deputy Premier, the government revenues are outperforming all previous projections and new projections now showing an increased difference of $89 million, with the country now projected to have a surplus of slightly over $16 million after being projected to hold a deficit of $69 million. During the press conference, he highlighted some of the key increases. It is doing very well. So we thought it was going to bring in $65 million. Now we're projecting it's going to bring in $80 million. That's $15 million more than we had expected to bring in. Customs and foreign duties. We thought it was going to bring in $89 million. We're now projecting that it's going to bring in $110 million. $110 million. Work permit and immigration phase. We thought it was going to bring in $25.4 million. It's now projected to bring in $27 million. Okay, that's almost $2 million more. Business and, ba- business and banking related fees, we thought it was going to bring in $4.8 million. It's now projected to bring in $5.8 million, almost $1 million more. Stamp duty transactions on land sales was the biggest driver of government revenues during the period, originally projected to bring in some $45 million, but now being projected to be $80 million, an increase of 77.8% over the previous projections. In recent months, many residents and industry professionals have been talking about the hot TCI real estate market with such recent sales by movie star Bruce Willis making international news after he sold what is reportedly the last piece of property owned in the TCI located on Parrot Key for $6 million. However, despite all of the good news, the finance minister stressed that this comes with a caveat. The government is projected to earn over $361 million this fiscal year, but with over 80% of the revenue coming from just four areas. I've taken this down and breaking it again. So again, we're looking at bringing in this year $361 million, $258,895. But... Over 80% of those revenue, that revenue comes from four areas. Customs and foreign duties, accommodation tax, STEM duty, and work permits and immigration. Over 80% of our revenues come from four major categories. Now, when we talk about diversifying the economy in the future, this is one of the reasons why. 
Because if anything happened to customs and foreign duties, and I know that the media talk about the supply chain, if the supply chain shut down, if we couldn't get ships coming into Korean cargo uh, for a significant amount of time, it would be a disaster. The conversation over diversifying the economy has been ongoing for many years here in the TCI, and many residents see this as an important objective that government must undertake. We'll be right back with more local news after this brief break. The Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police Force is saying that after an extensive investigation into the disturbing murder of Isaac Mizig that occurred in Q North Caicos on 11th of September, officers of the Serious Crime Unit of on Friday, 5th November, formally charged and cautioned 35-year-old I.D. Louis Itten of Q North Caicos for the murder of Mizig. Mr. Itten is scheduled to be arraigned in court this week. Speaking to the arrest head of crime and public protection, Superintendent Lisa Mitchinson and the management team of the Serious Crimes Unit expressed their gratitude to the officers involved, who they say have demonstrated excellent investigative skills and professionalism in relation to this matter. They went on to say that the continued dedication of the officers to keeping the Turks and Caicos Islands safe for that's keeping the Turks and Caicos Islands a safe place for both residents and visitors alike is appreciated and supported. They also expressed thanks to the public for their assistance in the incident. The police say that they will continue to provide additional updates as the murder investigation progresses. And more law enforcement news, 35-year-old Leonardo Forbes of Blue Hills Providentialis, who was recently charged on 1st November with three counts of keeping firearms and three counts of keeping ammunition, is now facing additional charges. According to police, Forbes has now been charged with four additional charges, discharging firearm, discharging ammunition, wounding, and causing grievous bodily harm with intent. Forbes appeared in court on Friday, 5th November, and is now remanded and scheduled to appear in the Supreme Court on 7th of January, 2022, for a sufficiency hearing. The public is reminded to contact Crime Stoppers Hotline to provide tips in relation to this crime or any other investigation. You can do so anonymously by calling 1-800-8477. That's 1-800-TIPS. Officers of the Royal Turks and Caicos Islands Police Force are also investigating a serious, that's a suspicious death in Dockyard Providentialis after a body of a male was found at a residence on Sunday, 7th of November at around 8.59 a.m. According to police officers of the Criminal Investigation Department, were dispatched to an apartment following a call to 911 and investigations into this matter are still ongoing. A 45-year-old man is currently in police custody. He is facing charges of possession of firearm, possession of ammunition, and dangerous driving and driving under the influence of alcohol concentration over the prescribed limit. At around 12.40 a.m. on Sunday, 7th of November, police were called to an apartment complex along Reese Street, 5 Keys, Providentialis, after a report was made that assistance was needed in relation to a firearm incident. The officers arrived at the complex, meeting the 45-year-old man trying to leave the scene. A chase onto Dock Road 
That South Dock Road subsequently ensued in pursuit of a gray Suzuki Swift with no license plate before the vehicle was successfully intercepted. During a search of the vehicle, a black firearm with four rounds of ammunition was found and taken by the forensic support unit for processing. Further investigation revealed a single round of ammunition on the 45-year-old suspect. Officers later later executed a search for firearms and ammunition at the home of the 45-year-old man, and an additional magazine with six rounds of ammunition was recovered. Acting Commissioner of Police Kendall Grant says that this is excellent work by the officers and that he wanted to publicly express his thanks to them for their continuous professional work in protecting our communities. He further added that the suspect wasn't intercepted and arrested safely and that the police have removed another illegal firearm from our community that could have caused serious injury or death. He also says that the police will continue to work hard and demonstrate bravery in these challenging and dangerous situations and once again congratulated the officers involved for a job well done. In news from the Ministry of Tourism, the Tourism Ministry is reminding the traveling public of the Turks and Caicos Islands that the United States' new entry requirements, which took effect yesterday, 8th November, in accordance with the U.S. policy, all non-U.S. residents, that's U.S. citizens, who are non-immigrant, not a citizen of the U.S., U.S. national, lawful permanent resident, or traveling to the United States on an immigrant visa, over the age of 18 must show proof of being fully vaccinated for COVID-19 prior to entry into the country. This is in addition to the testing requirement currently in place, which requires travelers to produce a negative COVID-19 test result within three days of travel. The general public is encouraged to take every measure to be protected against COVID-19 and to adhere to the recommendations by the TCI Ministry of Health. The Ministry of Health continues to provide and administer COVID-19 vaccinations to eligible persons. Those who are eligible are strongly encouraged to consider being vaccinated. There are limited exceptions to the entry requirements travelers are encouraged to visit the CDC website where full details and further information regarding entry requirements can be found on the CDC and U.S. Department of Homeland Security websites. This brings us to the end of this segment of the newscast. Stay tuned. Up next is news from the region. The Bahamas, like many places in the Caribbean, is dealing with a high level of coronavirus vaccine hesitancy in the population. And as young children become eligible to be vaccinated, Dr. Anthony Fauci, chief medical advisor to the president of the United States, has urged Bahamians to allow their children to get vaccinated. Children between 5 and 11 were recently approved to receive a smaller dose of the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine. Children will receive two doses of the vaccine three weeks apart to be fully vaccinated. Speaking yesterday on Guardian Radio 96.9 FM, Fauci noted that the U.S. has recorded over 2 million COVID-19 cases in children from that age group of which 83,000 required some form of hospitalization. According to Fauci, several thousand of those children developed the rare multi-symptom inflammation syndrome and about 100 did not leave the hospital alive.
Even though it is very clear that children do not generally get a serious case of COVID-19 as adults do, but that doesn't mean they are exempt from getting serious disease. He said while noting that many children are asymptomatic and have spread the virus to people who are at risk of becoming extremely sick. Fauci said the benefits of taking the vaccine far outweigh any of the perceived risks since vaccinated persons have a better chance of fighting the virus. As of 6 November, 136,328 eligible Bahamians are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. This figure represents over 33% of the population. The Bahamas inoculated its residents with the Pfizer, Johnson & Johnson, Sinopharm, and Oxford-AstraZeneca vaccines. Fauci added that people who are angry with him and other public health officials should try to just drop back a few yards and think about what's going on. You have around you an outbreak. The people who are talking about getting vaccinated, the people who are developing the vaccines, are doing it to save lives and to prevent suffering, not to encroach on your civil liberties to decide what you want to do. We are already now in the middle of a historic catastrophic outbreak that at least in a country like the United States has killed 750,000 people. That's unheard of. That is the kind of thing they should be focused on. The enemy is the virus, said Dr. Fauci. This is the Carib Update News Service. I'm Wendy Chateau reporting. St. Lucian doctors call for mandatory vaccinations. This is the big story we're tracking this hour on Tuesday, November 9, 2021. Details of this story and more straight ahead. Now for the details. The St. Lucia Medical and Dental Association is calling for the authorities in that country to consider implementing mandatory vaccination there. The call comes as the Owen King EU Hospital confirmed on Monday that several patients admitted to the facility have tested positive for the coronavirus. In a statement, the association said St. Lucia continues to lag behind most of its Caribbean neighbors despite the vaccine campaign starting eight months ago. It says St. Lucia must take steps to move vaccination above the current 23.3%. Grenada has made a major change to its COVID entry protocols effective immediately. Vaccinated people arriving in Grenada with a negative PCR test will not have to go into the two-day quarantine that was the policy up to Sunday. The cabinet has approved that the quarantine requirement is lifted once an on-the-spot antigen test on arrival shows up negative. Grenada's adjusted protocols are in keeping with uh, recent adjustments in neighboring islands such as Dominica and St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Unvaccinated nationals arriving back home will however be subjected to quarantine. Currently, non-nationals can only go to Grenada if fully vaccinated. Antigua's Prime Minister Gaston Brown says he will write to the UK government asking Britain to airmark a portion of the Merck COVID-19 antiviral pills for CARICOM countries. Britain granted conditional authorization last Thursday for the world's first pill designed to treat symptomatic COVID-19. The COVID-19 antiviral pill is the first antiviral medication for COVID which can be taken as a pill rather than injected or given intravenously. The UK has agreed to purchase 480,000 courses with the first deliveries expected in November. 
Brown said he's closely monitoring another experimental antiviral pill to treat the virus manufactured by Pfizer, for which President Joe Biden said the U.S. government has already secured millions of doses. Brown said these letters will be written in his capacity as the chairman of CARICOM. The news about the new drug is encouraging, Brown said, but he warned that it is risky for anyone to expose themselves to COVID and risk death. He insists that vaccination is a more secure way to fight the illness, contending that eventually the deadly virus that has killed over 100 residents will be placed under control. This is Newsbreak from the Carib Update News Service. In more news, Antigua's Prime Minister Gaston Brown has defended his government's policy to enforce the recently announced vaccine mandate affecting the private sector, indicating that a meeting will be held later this week to decide on the fines to be imposed for businesses failing to adhere to the policy. The government has said that the private sector businesses with five or more employees must ensure that all staff members are vaccinated and that fines could be imposed should they fail to adhere to the new policy. Venezuela has begun vaccinating children aged 2 to 11 against COVID-19 with the Cuban Soberana 2 vaccine, Vice President Delcy Rodriguez said on Monday. Cuba, a close ally of President Nicolas Maduro's government, says its Abdallah Soberana 2 and Soberana Plus vaccines have an efficacy greater than 90%. Regional carrier Liat is said to be planning on returning to Guyana. However, the government is seeking to ensure that quality service will be provided for all passengers flying into the country. Liat ceased operations in Guyana last year when the COVID-19 pandemic forced the closure of airports in an effort to control the spread of the virus. According to Public Works Minister Juan Edgehill, the regional airline has applied to return to Guyana. Edgehill, however, noted that the airline will not receive the necessary aviation approval until the government is assured of the company's steadfastness. He also noted that the government was not withholding permission in favor of Inter-Caribbean Airlines, another regional carrier that has just entered the Guyanese market. In fact, he stated that there is no exclusivity for anyone. This has been another edition of Newsbreak from the Carib Update News Service, the Caribbean's newsroom. I'm Wendy Chateau reporting. This brings us to the end of regional news. Stay tuned. Up next is news from the international scene. Former U.S. President Barack Obama has called on young people to stay angry in the fight against climate change at the COP26 summit. The former U.S. president urged them to apply political pressure to make a change, but warned they would need to accept compromises along the way. Mr. Obama said the world is nowhere near where we need to be to avoid a future climate catastrophe. He criticized Donald Trump's active hostility toward climate science, but said the U.S. is ready to lead once again. Mr. Obama also scolded China and Russia's leaders for not physically attending the COP26 summit. Speaking in Glasgow, Mr. Obama received rupturous applause when he took to the stage and a standing ovation at the end of his speech. But there was pushback from activists. He called out nations for failing to meet the pledges they made in the 2015 Paris Agreement when he was in the White House. However, 
activists were quick to point out those broken by his own administration, including the failure of a key promise by developed countries to deliver $100 billion a year in climate finance to poorer nations. Perhaps a little unsure of his location in Scotland, Obama referred to being in the Emerald Isles, seemingly a mistaken reference to Ireland, which is known poetically as the Emerald Isle. He also quoted Shakespeare, who was English. He admitted there is still a lot of hard and messy work to do to reduce the effects of climate change, but said some promising progress had been made in the six years since the signing of the Paris Agreement, which he helped to spearhead. Mr. Obama dedicated much of his speech to young activists who he said were right to be frustrated. Addressing young people directly, he said they can't ignore politics and that while protesting in hashtags raise awareness, they should get involved in politics at some level. You don't have to be happy about it, but you can't ignore it. You can't be too pure for politics. Referencing his own daughter's shopping habits, he also called on young people to support businesses that were committed to sustainability and boycott those that were not. Obama's catchphrase of the night was telling young activists to stay angry. To all the young people out there, I want you to stay angry. I want you to stay frustrated, he said. But channel that anger. Harness that frustration. Keep pushing harder and harder for more and more because that's what's required to meet that challenge. Guard yourself for a marathon, not a sprint. He honored the dedication of activists such as Greta Thunberg, who are forming movements across borders and urge young people to at least get out and vote for politicians who will stand against climate change. Vote like your lives depends on it, because it does, he said. Stay tuned to Radio Turks and Caicos. Up next is sports. Besieged Trinidad and Tobago Football Association, the TTFA, President William Wallace and his vice presidents, according to the Trinidad and Tobago Olympic Committee, the TTOC, President Brian Lewis, are not the only ones responsible for their case against FIFA ending up in the local high court. On Monday, Wallace moved an action against his supposedly illegal and unjust removal by the FIFA Bureau of the Council from the Switzerland-based Court of Arbitration for Sport, CAS, to the local court after claiming that his hope for fair treatment from CAS had been shattered. Wallace, guided by attorneys Matthew Gale and Dr. Emir Crown, claimed FIFA appeared to be creating and adjusting its own deadlines for procedural filings while the world governing body refused CAS's request to pay half the cost of arbitration up front, which left the TTFA saddled with the full figure of 40,000 Swiss francs. FIFA statutes forbid members from challenging its decision in any legal forum other than CAS at the risk of sanctions. However, the TTOC president believes that stipulations that such stipulations makes it even more important for the CAS forum to be above reproach. 
And he suggested that FIFA and CAS must have undermined the TTFA's faith in the arbitration body and thus force them to seek justice elsewhere. FIFA statutes prohibit members from pursuing matters in civil court, Lewis told Wired 868, and given such a prohibition, FIFA has a duty of care to ensure that there is equitable treatment and due process in dealing with matters at CAS. According to Lord Chief Justice Howitt, justice must not only be done, it must be seen, it should be manifestly and undoubtedly be seen to be done. I consider this an important landmark case in the history of Lex Sportiva, sport law, and CAS ought to have considered the important, that's considered it important, to hear the case. Lewis felt CAS did not do enough to facilitate Wallace and the TTFA in a case that has already sparked interest in several corners of the globe. Can FIFA essentially override the constitution of one of its member associations and force a regime change after just four that's after just four months without even an attempt at mediation? The local official said it is a case that sport lawyers would salivate over and cast as the Privy Council of Sport had a duty of care to ensure that they heard it. The founding purpose of CAS was to take international sport disputes out of the national courts and to create a specialized forum where these disputes could be heard and decided quickly and inexpensively, he said. The principle of the autonomy of sport doesn't mean any organization is above the law and should not be expected to adhere to principles of good governance. CAS's purpose is to guarantee independence and impartiality, and there is a discretion to provide legal aid to facilitate access to justice for natural persons who may not have the financial means. This is a case that even FIFA and all international sport federations and sport lawyers should have wanted CAS to adjudicate and decide on quickly and inexpensively. This is an important case for global sports law. Lewis, who helped to frame the current TTFA constitution, which was accepted by FIFA in 2015, disagreed that the ongoing impasse is a constitutional one. This brings us to the end of today's newscast. Stay tuned for a recap of the headlines. And looking back at the headlines for today, the ninth day of November 2021, regional league government revenue, that's locally government revenue soar despite pandemic. Regionally, Dr. Fauci urges Bahamians to vaccinate their children. Internationally, Obama tells young people to stay angry on climate fight and in sport. Trinidad and Tobago Olympic Committee says FIFA and CAS fail duty of care to the TTFA. Thank you for joining us for today's newscast. For the RTC News and Production Team, I'm Damian Wilson reminding you that you can log on to www.rtc89fm.com to view these and other news stories or download the RTC app in the Google Play Store. Have yourselves a wonderful evening. Join us again tomorrow evening at 6 p.m. for another edition of The Nation's Report.